Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Heinlander, National Sales Manager for Morning Adhesives. And I'm Rob Johnson, and as you can tell from my new sweat jacket and my hat from Bona Training. All right, Rob, how we doing? Oh, pretty good, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good. Enough of the banter. Let's get right to it. But I got to say this. Can you believe that we're coming up on 200 shows? That is, it is hard to believe. I mean, just think about that number 200. That, you know, and, and you know, just rattle off 20. You know, 20 is a lot. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I'm coming up with a, a show every every week. And they're every week. They're not uh, like once a month. They're every two weeks. They're sporadically. We're as consistent as the clock. I mean, just, just as, you know what? We've never missed one. It's like work, Rob. We've never missed <laughs> no, a day. No, it's not. We it's missed. joy. It's a joy talking about no, these no, guys. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like doing the, the one we were contracts doing work. We have a, you, you show oh, up on time yeah. every time. Punching the clock. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. 200 shows. It's a lot. Damn. Hmm. And thanks to all those guys out there, people out there who have been listening to us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, no, no question. All right, Rob. Let's talk about Red Out. And we did a show recently about Red Out. But I'm getting a lot of questions about Red Out, and I think you are too. And and so um, I see people that, that that need some clarification. So yeah. why don't we just kind of revisit that subject? Just, just Absolutely. Yeah. You know, when you said let's do another one about Red Out, and I thought, geez, we just what we do it about a month ago, mm-hmm. maybe even I don't know, around a month ago. But um, now since it's really taken off and i mean it has Mm -hmm. holy smokes has it taken off um we are getting more and more questions uh every day about this so let's dive into it bud yep um so we won't go over what what the product does and we already kind of talked about what red out does if you haven't listened to that episode then you just go back a few episodes talk about taking the red out of red oak and those type of things but some of the questions i i've gotten is is uh the application um you know we say in our directions you know you roll it out with a with a roller whatever uh you meant you brought this to my attention that that uh you see a lot of guys using water whiz the water whiz tool that they feel like they have more control over it and they like that better I've talked to guys that use an 18 inch roller and prefer an 18 inch roller as they're as they're applying it. Now I will say something about that too. If you're a guy using a nine inch roller to 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 um to apply a finish, and you've kind of been curious about using an 18 inch roller, a lot of guys have moved on to an 18 inch roller, especially with big open rooms. I don't know. It might be this opportunity for you to also get the feel of an 18 inch roller. Um, just it might be a good experience. So uh, on big jobs, I could definitely see moving to an 18-inch roller with this product. You know, I like where you're going there. And I'll tell you why. You know, for years, you and I have been, you know, we've been on the forefront of taking guys who are poly guys and moving them into water. And, you know, especially where we used to do a lot more T-barn than rolling. And I always told guys, if you want to get used to T-barring, T-bar your oil. It's more forgiving, and it'll get to some good muscle memory. So I like where you're going on that 18-inch roller. I'd probably like to try it myself because I know a lot of people do use the 18-inch roller. 
I have never used an 18 inch roller, so that could be a good way to get to get used to it. Yeah, I, I on some jobs, man, uh, for laying finish down, I mean, big open rooms. And, and here's the thing, you, you change with the times. So uh, when we were back doing floors back in the day and years ago, and especially in certain parts of towns, and now like I'll take Piedmont, California, for instance, one of the most high-end neighborhoods in Northern California, but there, there's not an open concept room in that entire neighborhood. I mean, they're all old homes, 1930s, whatever, beautiful, man, they're all mansions, they're, they're fabulous, but they're, they're, they're small rooms. So an 18 inch roller there, maybe not. But now that the industry's changed, we've gone to these wide open concept rooms, the 18 inch roller starts to make a lot more sense. Another one, do not spray this stuff. You want to stay away from spraying it. It's just one of those things that shouldn't be uh, atomized or, you know, inhaled type of thing. Also, Rob, what I have uh, recognized and um, is that on the part A, you want to just make sure you keep that stirred very well. All as right. You're, as you're applying. All right, partner. Man, you are just such a corporate stooge and so far away from everything. First of all, it is not a part A. Okay. It is part one. Okay. Which is going to lead me down the next path. Okay. It's a one and then a two. And I'm pretty sure the reason that we did this is back in the day when you and I were still doing this for real. There was a product out there that we used to bleach floors with. I forget the name of it. And it had an A and a B and you mixed it together. Did it rhyme with Woodcoat? I have no idea. I remember it was in a red and gold yeah. box or something. Yeah. Okay. okay. But I think that's why Bona went with calling it a one and a two, like a first step and a second step, because I'm glad you said A and B, because that's going to lead me into the next thing I want to talk about is I have a lot of guys calling saying, do I mix the two together? Okay. Okay. You do not mix the two together. And I, and like I said, I think that's the reason that they call it a number one and a number two. First step and then a second step, not an A and a B. Okay. Would it be a good idea to keep the part one stirred really well while, while you're applying it? Well, as far as that's concerned, product management said it's really not a big deal. Because, yes, we've all seen some settling. But once it's mixed, you're still going to get that chemical reaction. Now, me personally, I've been working. I found this bucket that I really like working out of. It's like uh, a cross between a five-gallon pail and a paint tray, okay? And with that, I can constantly be mixing it because for the longest time, I did see a little settlement settling, and I thought, oh, I got to keep this mixed. Well, when we asked product management about that, they said, no, once it's all shook and everything, you know, that little settlement, uh, settling, settlement, settling, mm -hmm. it isn't going to you can uh, do it. create, I'm trying, <laughs> really trying. It's not going to create um, any issues, but it, it it's still something that that's what product management is saying as far as us floor guys. I'm, I'm going to want to keep it all mixed. And I found that that, okay. that little tray, that 
it's a it's a portray what you're talking it's like a paint uh it's like a bucket in a a pail in a in a tray yeah or it's more like a big tray and the thing i liked about i mean it you know hold a few gallons but it also has like an insert for 50 cents so you can just throw them away you don't have to clean anything just you know throw the stuff away Mm. but um i'm with you i definitely want it you know wanted that stuff to stay mixed so i was constantly remixing it but according to product management it wasn't that big an issue okay um and so you put part one down you wait um at least 15 minutes but it sometimes it, it, it the floor still may look a little funky after 15 minutes or it may look still damp but as long as you wait 15 minutes you're good correct and go 15 minutes is the absolute minimum okay um we've been i've been telling everybody give it a half hour yeah fair give enough. it a half hour so we have a good you you want to go to get a good chemical reaction with that a okay is okay. can you wait can you wait too long yes okay yeah, yeah i mean you don't want to wait hours you know okay you want to be cup of coffee type thing yeah okay a couple of calls cup of coffee whatever but you, you don't want to let this thing sit for hours okay good stuff all right well that's all the questions and everything that, that i've been getting over over the uh over the uh, last few weeks since we did the podcast any anything else on your end yeah we have a ton of people uh wanting to know how it's going to look on other species mm-hmm. okay um and the the crazy part is like let's use an example there is tons and tons of brazilian cherry around new jersey and metro new york mm-hmm. okay they went crazy with it back in the 90s so now the big question is is can you get the red out of the brazilian cherry well we put it on some brazilian cherry and wayne it was the prettiest light brown color you ever saw it was beautiful huh how do you know that because we did it okay that, that i ever saw just kidding you can edit that out <laughs> anyways um, so wait, t- wait 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 okay <clears throat> so that's what i saw okay on the floor that we did okay now once i threw that out there um during the you know the, the meeting we have with bone with some of the tms and guys who have been using it in product management it was all over the place mm. with brazilian cherry some people said, yeah, mine turned great. It looked beautiful. Other guys are saying, ugliest thing I ever saw in my life. It turned orange. It did this. It did that. So, um, you know, as far as species specific here, I will tell you one thing. I mean, like I said, I saw it look great on Brazilian cherry. Other people said, geez, it, it looked like hell when I did it on Brazilian cherry. But everybody agreed so far that on white oak, it just turns it green. So unless you're looking for a green floor, you know, don't put this on white oak because, well, look, I shouldn't say don't put it on there. Chemically, you can put it on there. I'm just saying what it looked like uh, when we put it on there, okay? And I heard other guys in that meeting say the same thing. Yeah, white oak, it just turned, you know, wicked green. Yeah, it's not... It's not really, I mean, it's, you know, we, we went after red oak with this primarily. This, you we, know. Exactly. And of yeah. course, you know, like we always say, you know, we bring something out and then everybody starts using it. 
and what's it going to be good for? What can I get? You, you know, everybody's always looking to get something, mm -hmm. you know, everybody looking for the next iron acetate type of a deal. And so we've had a lot of people experimenting with this on different, uh, you know, different species and everything. So all I can say, if you're going to do something like that, like Wayne just said, it's made for red oak. It's made to take the red out of red oak. What you're going to get with some of the other species so is a crapshoot. If I was doing Brazilian cherry and I was curious about that, I obviously do a test, right? Oh, do my God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because but, I, I, when I saw it on the Brazilian cherry we did, I'm like, holy crap, this is going to be, you know, we're going to do this on every Brazilian cherry job until I heard other guys saying, oh, no, it was so. So the challenge with that is, Okay, uh, I'm bidding a job. Homeowner says, "Gosh, I hate the red. I hate the red in that Brazilian cherry. I'd like to get rid of it." And you're thinking, "Well, red out might do it, but then again, it may not." And and you're gonna you're not gonna be able to find out until you you test an area. Oh, right? you got to right? test an area, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the okay. same thing for uh, American cherry. But I'd want the I'd want the customers to know that our customers to know that up front, the contractor, right? Yes. It means so. Yeah. So okay. And I it mean, could and it could be beauty is in the eye of the beholder type thing too. What one guy says it looks great, another guy might not may not and, like it as and much. And during that meeting, you know, I didn't want to split hairs, but what somebody was calling orange, I could have been calling light brown on the Brazilian cherry. I thought it was a great look. Okay. Like I said, that was just on the one floor that we did. Not okay. you know. So and, we, and that's a good good point because we don't want to oversell it, right? We want people to be happy with the experience with it. So think of this as primarily we're taking the red out of red out. That's what we shot for. That's what you would in the industry. I mean, how many times in our career that we would love to have been able to do that back in the day, right? You got a pink floral. I'm going to go white stain. I want to do whatever. I'm going to go natural, but I, I, I don't like that pink cast to it. Right. This is what we went after. If it works on other other areas or different species i mean you know i i think just test is the answer test it was, test it was, it test was never, like crazy right? it was never designed for white oak so i don't even know why you'd want to you know it was never the target I, I, I swear it's that going back to the iron acetate people are thinking well you know you know well, our listeners you know the people out there everybody's looking for the next new the, the next mm -hmm. new trend so this might get them there a little quicker mm -hmm. um but man, oh man, I mean, it, it was pretty ugly on the white oak that I saw. But okay. Like so, you said, it's in the eyes of the beholder. Um, okay. So this is, uh, again, you can do one coat or you can do this. If you want to get even more red out, you may end up wanting to do two coats. So it's a one or two coat application. Yeah. And so, let's, let's talk about that coat. Okay. Uh, when I said kind of like water popping, one, we don't want to spray it. Two, you want to be as even as possible with this, okay? That was one of the things that I liked about the T-Bar and the Water Whiz is you could really get a nice, uh, oh, man, that was a lisp, a nice, smooth finish with it, okay? But what you have to watch if you're going to apply it with that, I mean, the thing that I like to apply it with a roller is I got great coverage rates. And the thing I noticed with the water whiz, um, some of the guys who were trying the water whiz were putting it down a little too thin, a little light. So you want to be pretty consistent here. You want to make sure that 
you get enough of that juice out there to, you know, get the chemical reaction we're looking for. So that's what you want to be careful with. If you're not going to go with the roller, you know, like the recommendation is a roller right now. But, you know, we know how it is. Guys start using it and working with it. Um, you know, I kind of like using a little of both just because I think we were just trying to see what we thought was best. The consistency. Uh, okay. I just liked it a little bit better for the consistency, but you got to make sure that you're putting it down at the correct coverage rates. If you put it down too thin, you're just not going to get the results you're looking for. I, I think that can't be overstated, you know, because you want the results from this. And, and so you make sure you, you do put it down at the right consistency, because if you do put it on too thin, you won't get that. And you'll be disappointed in it. Exactly. So, so coverage rates is, is key. Uh, another thing that I found, you look at it, let's say we put down the number one, good coverage rate, and then we wait a half hour, we put down the number two, and in like an hour, it's dry, okay? And you're looking at it going, oh, that, yeah, that looks okay. I'm telling you, it's crazy. I mean, this is the one thing that I have seen with it every single time I've used it. Come back the next day and then take a look at it, it's completely different. I mean, when you see it after it's really worked overnight, man, yeah, that's when you really see that. I mean, it got the red out. And, you know, the panels we got in New Jersey, I mean, those are 300-foot panels. So you could really see it. I mean, yeah. you could really see the difference in it, especially when it went overnight. And then, you know, to get out even more, the second application. Where you did yeah. the same thing, put the one, waited a half hour, rolled out your two, and then let that sit overnight. And then I'm telling you, it's amazing. So let's stop right there. Because, you know, we had no solution for this uh, for a long time. You know, no viable solution, especially on the level of this one in our industry for a long, long time. Certainly the 30 years that I did floors. Now we have a solution, Okay. So you're offering a great service and a great upgrade to your to your client. So you might say, well, I have to wait till the next day before it before they see that result or whatever. But so man, really want to charge for this because I mean, gosh, how many you're solving a problem. So do make sure you charge for this. And I don't know what people will even charge. I don't even even thought about cost and what, what people charge for this now. But I would make sure that listen, this is you're solving a problem for somebody, and and you know it's a new product where some people may not even know about it yet. Uh, so this is something that I would definitely when you you know charge for this, get paid for this. When we you know come out with products, our hoping is that you know it makes your job easier and that you can make more money and and, and your, your it, it, you know elevates your your uh, your abilities and what have you with your clients and so. Uh, I hope that that people get that that that, that comes across. Well, uh, you know the other thing, to, like you're saying, you got to charge for this, um, especially where you're fulfilling the need that the customer is asking for. That's it. When the customer says, "I don't want to see any red," okay, no problem. Here's how we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Now, if somebody goes, "Well, you know, can't you do it faster?" Well, well, look, you know, there's only so much you can do. Chemicals, yeah. You can only push chemicals so far. Yeah. You know, we have an answer, right? I'm sorry it's not in your time frame, but 
we have an answer that works and it works well. Okay. It's the same thing I say with staying. It's the same thing I say with acclimation and, and so many other things in our, in our industry. It's not a time thing. It's a chemical thing. It's a chemical process thing in this case, right? You have to give it time for these chemicals. I can't rush chemicals. I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do. So, um, uh, you know, you have to allow yourself time and don't you set yourself up for failure by you trying to, you know, work with somebody else's schedule when it's not realistic. So I don't want to preach because. No, you got to preach that because that's, you know, environment is everything when you're doing finishes and staying. Our environment is everything. Now, let's throw another thing on top of the environment is different species, different cuts of the wood, southern oak, northern oak, you know, all the things that we were talking about. Now you're throwing another another process into the mix here. So, yeah, I mean, time is, you've you got to take your time with this. Mm -hmm. You, you don't want to just think, oh, I'm going to do the red out and I'll do two coats of red out today or two, uh, yeah, two coats of red out or two applications are right out and then get a coat of stain on this afternoon. Not going to happen. I, I Don't get me wrong. Maybe you can, mm -hmm. but why push all this stuff? When you think about it, you know, especially we, everybody would be able to love to double the amount of people they have working for them or whatever, but all we have is time. That's all we have to tell is time. That's what, that's what we sell to the clients is our time. And so our time is valuable. If this step takes you the same amount of time that you could do something else, you know what I mean? And that like you could be installing or whatever, you could do something else in that time. Yeah, make, make sure you charge for it because it's your time and your time is valuable. And uh, when when Rob's friend uh, stretched out, when Rob turned 60 and he stretched out the tape measure and said, here, this is where you are right now. Stretch it out another 10 years. This is all you got left. This becomes more apparent as you get older, I promise you. So you don't get that back. A few minutes ago, Rob, you had you had an awkward lisp. Don't be embarrassed. I mean, let's face it, it was an awkward like a little lisp, right? Is there anything cuter than a little kid with a little lisp? You know what I mean? Isn't that the cutest little thing? My uh, youngest grandson, Loden, has the funniest lisp you, you've ever heard. I'll, I'll send you a couple videos of it. Yeah. It's a crack up. What's your favorite cereal? Blue Rice Krispies. <laughs> um, Cut a crunch with hot sauce on it. You know, that's when he was two and three years old. So now he's been working on his parents have been working on his speech and everything, and he's starting to lose it. Wow. And Pauline and I are like, yeah, kind of, <laughs> I kind of miss that. Yeah. You know, I kind of miss that, miss that, uh, I have it because of the operation on my lip. They, the yeah. cancer took a chunk out of my lip, mm -hmm. and every once in a while, I can. Uh, maybe on maybe on YouTube we can like uh, circle your lip, and highlight it, for the viewers. I could send you the uh, right after the operation picture. That mm -hmm. was pretty gross. Yeah, cool. When I was a, a kid living in Kentucky, uh, my mom and I were in Lexington, Kentucky. We were lost. She was driving. She was frustrated. We, we couldn't find our way back home or whatever. So she pulled into the ga a gas station like real quick, like a Richard Petty, like like a like a, you know, a pit stop. Right. And she goes, ask this clown, what, what, how do you get to <laughs> highway? Whatever it was, I can't remember what road it was on. Anyhow, she asked this clown how to get so and so. 
So I, I roll the window down and the guy he stands up and he's coming to the car. And I, and I, I started to stutter real bad, right? There was a while there I used to stutter. And I said, and he's looking at me like, and he's like, come on, son, get it out. You know what I mean? And, and he's like, he's got one hand on his knees, goes like, come on, son. And I go, the, the, uh, the, uh, the um, and mom, mom goes, ah, oh, shit. She drives off. And she's driving off. I'm leaning out the window. I'm still trying to get it out. And the guy's walking along the car for me to get it out. <laughs> All right. So that's read out. Let's talk about something else. Domo. Because damn it, for oil-based guys, Rob, that I think this is finally the road out of oil-based finish for so many reasons. So you want to talk about this as a product we've had out for a while. Holy smokes, man. You go back in the early days of water-based finish. And, and for me, it was probably 1981, 1982, somewhere back in there. And um, the learning curve was tough, man. It was hard. It was so foreign to us. It's water-based finish now, if you've gotten to trade anywhere in the last 20 years, whatever, it's, it's, it's you know, very, very common now, whatever. But back in, those, that, back in the early days, it was a real foreign technology. And you know, even even how you put it on, we were still still tramping on oh, with lamb's wool, like we did with the old with with, with Polly, and and we didn't know how to abrade between coats, or they would tell us one week they braid it with this, then they braid it with that, and and it was just a whole different deal for us. And there was a lot of misinformation and whatever. We kind of got past that. So oil-based users today, switching to Domo, the price point on this product, number one, the ease of application on this product. And being able to put two coats on in a day and the, the dry time or whatever with this product, financially, man, I just think that this is, if there's ever a time to make a switch, and if you're an oil-based guy, you're never comfortable with, with water, whatever, this is the product, man. I, I mean, you can't talk to someone who's used this product that, that doesn't say it's easy to work with. So do you want to talk about Domo for a little bit? Um, Yeah. I guess I have no choice, right? I can't say no. I, I kind of let, put you on the spot yeah. there. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Well, I guess we have to. Um, in some markets, and of course, one of the big things that we always had about switching guys over from oil to water was price, right? People are looking at the price of a gallon of each. They weren't taking into consideration hot coating, time savings with hot coating and not having to buff and vac and prep floors and everything where you could just hot coat. Well, now in some markets out there, you know, the 350 markets or the 275 markets and everything, this is cheaper than polyurethane. Yeah. Because it's also sold in fives. That's what I was, yeah. It's ones and fives. So now, you know, for the guys who are like, geez, you know, I'd love to switch, but eh, the price is, you know, price is no good. Well, now you have a better product than oil base as far as, wear and tear as far as um, durability and you've got the price point too it's yeah. it's less expensive now let's start lumping in the hot coating where you can't hot coat with oil let's let's talk about that let's talk about extended dry times with oil that you do not have to worry about with water base you know all of a sudden if you haven't taken a look at water base it it's time to take another look at water base because yeah. Like I said, now we're giving you the gallon prices there 
and you get all the benefits that I was just talking about. So, I mean, the, it's a money savings. You're giving yourself a better product. But the other thing is, too, especially now with so many colors, everything is colors out there. And people looking for, even if it's that natural, natural sanded floor look with nothing, Domo is the way to go because it is a crystal clear product where it doesn't have, you know, some of the finishes out there have maybe it's they it's not crystal clear. It's got a little bit of an eggshell to it. Not this stuff. It's this stuff is crystal clear. Yeah. I mean, it won't get any better than this. I mean, there will never be something that I don't think is going to come along and go, oh, wow, this is easier. This is less expensive. This is this is this is it. And once we put it in the five gallon bales, I think, man, it's it really is the 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 answer for a lot of guys. So uh, I would really encourage guys. And also, if you think, well, I don't want to try it out on on a, on a job first, and whether you t-bar it or roll it, contact one of the Bona reps with the and, and go to the RTC, go to our, one of our training centers, and use it on our panels. Screw, you know, screw up one of our floors. Um, but it is going to be something that I think is finally going to, for guys, is just going to like oil base will not make any sense anymore. Is the same with the manual nailer? Look, we sell oil. I mean, we, you know, we gladly, you know, Bona makes an oil based finish, but I don't know, man. I just don't see it anymore, Rob. Well, that's what the funny part about Bona is everybody, almost everybody thinks of Bona as, this, you know, well, they're a water based company. With what we do in sport with oil, we're, we're we're one of the largest oil manufacturers in the world because of what we have going on in the sport business and how much poly. So we know how to make a polyurethane. We make a, a an amazing polyurethane. But man, when you look at the benefits of Domo over polyurethane, durability, ease of application, hot coating of capabilities, two coats in a day. I mean, you just start adding it all up. You really got to be thinking to yourself, all right, really, why am I? Yeah. And maybe it's definitely time to make the switch out of poly. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree yeah. more. I mean, we checked the final box. Yeah. You know, the final box was the actual price per gallon. Yeah. You know, and as much as we would talk to everybody about price per square foot and labor issues, you remember you know we both came from that same world right we were trying yeah. to turn people over into the water and the biggest the biggest box we could never check was the price per gallon well now we've done it for, for some people it's the third rail in the conversation you know as soon as you touch that uh, i'm out because it's, it's just cost 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 that doesn't matter it just it's just cost and finally when you look at the what this is especially like i said in the fives you don't have to buy it in the fives but Man, I mean, to me, it makes sense. So, um, and then, like you said, on 2,000 square feet, not having to break out the buffer and the vacuum, I don't even really care about the buffer for braiding between coats. The vacuum, I, if you ask me if I could eliminate one step in the whole entire process, what would that one step be? And for me, it's vacuuming. I mean, I we vacuum and vacuum and vacuum and vacuum and tacked and tacked and tacked. So to be able to, to put a coat on, not go out there and, and abrade the polyurethane and vacuum and tack it, whatever, before you put the other coat on. Just walk in the floor, take out your applicator, start going. That hot coating, it's within 48 hours, right? With Domo, the same? Same thing. Same as all our all of our water-based products, right? I mean, man, it's a, that's a time saver, an aggravation saver. And breaking out, open up the back of the van, 
you know, get the vacuum cleaner out, look at the bag, make sure the bags are out and the, and the, and the, um, the filters are clean and all that and do that process. If I could skip that alone, never mind the cost of whatever this, that, that to me, it's a huge deal. So nice build so you, to this uh, product. You, you weren't a, you weren't a fan of vacuum, huh? I, I mean, it's like, I feel like I've vacuumed so much in my life and uh, we spend so much time vacuuming on jobs. If I can eliminate one thing, hundred percent, it's vacuuming. Pete Sherman, greatest vac guy in the world. That's important. Nobody was better than Pete Sherman. Nobody. Wow. wow. And he does exist. Okay. I know people okay. out there, he doesn't exist. He exists. But especially on the, the vac behind, uh, before the final coat, used to call that super clean back day. Tell me, just get out of here. Yeah. Get out when of here. I don't when... even want you around. And he backed everything, fan blades, window, it's super clean back day. When, when he said that, just stay out of his way. When you got that guy on the job, you will never live up to his standards. <laughs> never. That man has mastered the, the vacuum. I mean, uh, that's it, man. And, and that little skill set, people think you have to be so talented in this world to get ahead. And it's really, all the basic skills are there. Hustle, show up every day, work your butt off, be polite, be nice, whatever, you know, do, the, do these things. And you could vacuum or you could vacuum. And when you got a guy like that, like I said, you will never, because if you vacuum instead of him that day, he's going to double check everything you do anyhow. Then he's going to find something he don't like. Then he's going to go, forget it. I'm vacuuming the whole thing over. Get out of here. So you might as well, let, I say this, when you got a, a, a good horse, you let that horse ride. You get out of his way. My brother, Doug, when it came to running a Kavanaugh nailer, when it came to do certain things, just let him do it because you're not going to live up to his standards and it doesn't make any, you just let him, let him do his thing. You're not going to be better than him and you don't have the patience of him. Let him do That's what he does. While he's doing that, you do something else. All right. No, you know what? And even just saying that out loud now about, and I've always mentioned that, and some people think that's a joke, right? Oh, Pete was the best vacker in the world. Nobody get vac. But talking that out, what did that produce for us? That produced flawless final coats mm -hmm. every time yeah. because he was such a maniac about getting everything right, and there wasn't a speck of dust anywhere when we laid that final coat. So, you know, as much as you, it, and I never thought of it that way. When I would back, just like you said, oh my God, worst backer in the world. Just, yeah, don't worry about it. Floor guys are like unicorns. You know, you go to a bar on a Friday night, it's a crowded bar and there's a band up there playing and you turn to the next guy, you go, can't nobody vacuum like me, man. <laughs> Everybody else is like, this, this guy's out of his mind, man. But if, you, but if you happen to turn to another guy and he's a floor guy, he's going to go prop, man. Yeah. Man, yeah, no yeah. doubt, dude. Yeah, man, that's that's big, dude. Yeah, I get it. Fist bump. Yep. That's respect. There okay. I wanted to talk about, I'm so high on the, the, the few red out jobs I saw lately. Maybe we'll say, it for, say, say that for another show. Uh, uh, not, did I say red out? I meant raw. The few raw, raw jobs I've seen lately, uh, man, knocked me out. And um, maybe we'll save it for another show. Okay. Yeah. This has been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. Please stay tuned for another episode.